And so it doesn't matter what you go and, and pick at from the entry level options all the way up to the more intermediate and advanced uh, camera options. You can pick whatever you want. But the problem becomes whether or not you're buying something that really makes sense. Uh, it's very easy to get caught up in the gas, GAS, the gear acquisition syndrome where just because something uh, is coming out, you kind of just want to get it. The real question is, like I said, evaluate whether or not it's going to save you some time or it's going to end up wasting being a waste of money because you don't use it. Welcome to the Video Simplified podcast where I help you simplify the video creation process to help you reach wider and connect deeper with the people that need you the most. From learning to use your camera to simplifying video strategies to help you grow your brand and share your vision using video. So let's jump right into today's episode. What is up entrepreneurs? Welcome back to the Video Simplified podcast. With me, your hostess, the mostess, Diana Gladney. There are a ton, a ton of really good cameras that are coming out right now on the market. You have the Panasonic S5 Mark II. You have the Sony ZV-E1. You also have other cameras that are being rumored like a quote unquote, we don't know the numbers yet. It would be the upgrade to the Sony a6600, the APS-C camera uh, that I had for about a year or two. And it was at the time the highest APS-C camera that was available. You couldn't get anything else. And now we're running into where we're almost having an abundance of, of, of cameras that are really, really good. At the time that I'm recording this episode, we had the Nikon Z8 that came out. So like you're spoiled for options, no matter what brand that you're looking at or where you're going for whatever your creative needs are. You know, if you've been following my content for any length of time, I enjoy Canon and Sony cameras uh, because for the longest time, they've had the best uh, and the most reliable cameras, I think, for content creating entrepreneurs. That's not that you couldn't use some other brand or whatever the case, but that it just solved more problems than they created. Not all cameras, but they seem to do some of the better jobs. But Fuji has been great. Nikon has uh, really built out their lens selection for their mirrorless lineup in addition to their cameras. Uh, and so it doesn't matter what you go and, and pick at from the entry level options all the way up to the more intermediate and advanced uh, camera options. You can pick whatever you want. But the problem becomes whether or not you're buying something that really makes sense. Uh, it's very easy to get caught up in the gas, GAS, the gear acquisition syndrome where just because something uh, is coming out, you kind of just want to get it. And I'm always going to cover the latest camera on my YouTube channel because no matter where you're starting, if you're just finding out about stuff or you're maybe been creating time with a webcam, you've been creating for a time with your smartphone, or maybe you have been using a more entry level camera for whatever brand that you're working through, but you're deciding that you now want to move into something that will last you for a while. It makes sense to make sure the purchase makes sense. And so I want to break down in this episode, how I go through uh, the process of picking a camera that works for me, not just for a year or two. Uh, if I'm upgrading, it's because I want to, I plan to teach from it, other things like that. But more importantly, 
it's something that really is going to survive uh, some of the work that I plan to do, some of the things that I'm, I'm working towards and things like that. But it's really just three key areas. So I want to dive into that uh, onto today's episode. So the first thing is evaluate if the new gear saves you time or is a waste of money currently. And you have to really level with yourself. Why are you buying this? You don't really have to justify purchases. Uh, it's just put the elephant out of the room. <laughs> like you, you don't have to justify purchases. You're an adult. You have your own money. Now, whether it makes good business sense, that's one thing. Me specifically speaking to content creating entrepreneurs, um, not necessarily somebody that's just only creating maybe for fun or whatever. There may be those of you that are out there and that's fine. You're always welcome here. But the core target audience is content creating entrepreneurs. So there is a justification that has to happen there for the business, but it's easy to start blurring those lines and say, I need it or it's going to work for this or I can use it in this way. The real question is, like I said, evaluate whether or not it's going to save you some time or it's going to end up wasting, being a waste of money because you don't use it. One tried and true piece of gear, um, even some videographers have found themselves in this boat, is gimbals. Gimbals wind up being this great thing that looks amazing online. They actually are as incredible to get those unique shots that only a gimbal or similar device could do, but... In real life, you're not using it that much. So yeah, it could solve all these imaginary problems, but that actually aren't happening. It's like, how often are you actually using it? And sometimes it's fine to have those things on the shelves. Uh, and again, things, not those specific gimbals, but just things in general that kind of solve a problem when they come up so you don't have to go and buy something. So it, it makes sense to kind of have a catalog of gear to fit certain needs or what have you. But when you're creating a creator kit, something that needs to make sense and cover a lot of bases. It's like, don't, at least don't lie to yourself in the evaluation process, just to have something for the sake of having something. Now, when you're going through the process and you're deciding if it's a waste of money or not, you need to see how is this going to actively solve my current problems I'm having right now? What am I actively running into. So for example, you've heard me talk about uh, my joy and excitement around the Sony uh, ZV-E1 full frame camera that's coming out. It's positioned towards like a vlogging style camera. I don't care about that. Like I've said before, I don't care what these brands or these companies put on for whatever that they're doing. Like for example, the Rodecaster Pro puts the marketing label that it's for podcasters. I've used it for events. I've used it for podcasts. I've used it for live trainings. I've used it for course course creating. I've used it for live streams. Like it doesn't matter what label they put it on. It's what categories for your use case that that thing is going to solve. And so same thing with the, the E1. So for me, it's like, what problems would it actively solve? And, and is this going to be like a 90% of the time problem or a 10% of the time problem? When I'm doing stabilization shots, you know that the Sony a6400, which I'm recording this podcast on, if you're watching the video version of this podcast, I'm recording this on my Sony a6400. It's been my workhorse camera since 2019. It literally probably gets used every single day. But uh, my other camera that gets used almost every single day as well since I've had it is the Sony ZV-E10. And so the thing is, yes, I have Catalyst Browse. Yes, we have active 
stabilization on the camera in a digital format, but is it as good as what the E1 offers right out the bag or even something like the Sony FX30? No. So that means we do have to take some kind of extra work or some kind of a process that we're running into. So that's a 90% of the time problem. Like, okay, the E1 is gonna solve for me the ability to basically have Sony Catalyst Browse in my camera. So that's one less step that we have to worry about. Or um, even if I'm doing like a small panning shot for, to capture some B-roll for a video or something like that, or if you know, I'm doing an event or talk, whatever, if I'm doing that, then it's like, okay, that's still a 90% of the time thing. Cause I do run into that on a weekly basis based on me being actively creating content. And so that's a 90% of the time kind of thing. If it was only, let's say the few instances where um, I'm handing my camera off to somebody to hold it, to capture B-roll. And I wanna make sure we get the best stabilization possible. So let's say I turn all the stabilization off and I'm only using Sony Catalyst Browse. That's a 10% kind of the thing. If I was doing speaking engagements every single week and I'm doing that specific action every single week, then that becomes like a 90% of the time problem that is actively going to solve. So when you're going through this process and you're evaluating where this particular piece of gear may fit, most of the time for a lot of people, it's like in the upgrading cameras, it could be upgrading your audio, your microphone, whatever. So when I switched another example, audio wise, when I switched to the Shure SM7B, which is what you're listening to right now, one of the primary functions that this microphone was going to solve for me was the ability to not have to worry about so much background noise and know that it has that high professional quality sound that I want, even in my environment and in any environment that I would put this microphone in, it didn't have any interference issues as far as how close in proximity it may be to my computer or whatever the case is. And so because of that, um, I know that for a fact, this would work for me recording my audiobook. And so if you listen a few episodes back, then you would have seen where I did the, uh, I think it was chapter three of the podcast uh, that I did. Yeah, not podcast, chapter three of the book that I did on the podcast. And so because I decided to do that recording, we used that as the test use case to make sure that we could meet the um, audiobook recording settings, which I already knew the microphone would. I just wanted to see the microphone in combination with the Rodecaster Pro. Um, specifically, I'm using the Rodecaster Pro 2, which I know that it would, I've seen other people do it, but I'm like, how hard is that process for us to do? This is something I was thinking about before I even ever wrote the book. But so we used that chapter recording to test for that. Now I did some test chapter segments like recording uh, just to see what it would be. Do I need to go someplace else or could I do it in my home? I didn't tell anybody like, hey, everybody be quiet, like to try to create the optimal settings. I let it be the environment that it usually is. You know, we may get a jet fly overhead occasionally. Can we occasionally make it through for that to pause and then reread a segment or whatever? Can, um, if I have family over, can they be around and do their thing without having to be all hush, hush, quiet, quiet? And it worked, it worked perfectly. Shared it with my video editor, we did some tests, worked perfectly, passed the tests. And so knowing that I'm like, great. So this is something that I know I wouldn't ever need to upgrade, quote unquote, this microphone, upgrade it 
unless I wanted to. But could I pass it with the Samsung QTU or the Audio-Technica ATR2100? Yes. But at the same time, it wouldn't necessarily be the easiest. If I chose um, an XLR connection, for example, on that microphone, sometimes it's not that great uh, when it's too close in proximity to the computer and other stuff. Occasionally it'll run into certain things, or at least my particular one. The other thing that I found is that sometimes <laughs> it will, I don't know, pick up more background noise. Uh, it's still a great dynamic microphone. I used it for years and it was really hard pressed to get me to switch over. I was even to switch to the Shure SM7B. I'm like, I don't think this is good as everybody's saying. It sounds too close and, and similar to uh, what I'm already used to. Like, I'm like, is that is it gonna be that big of a difference? And for me, it just added some kind of rich and depth that I wasn't getting on the Q2U. It just didn't have the capabilities that I could pull out of it. And I'm like, I really like this. This is my forever sound. This is my forever microphone. And so making the jump from like a $59 microphone that worked for years, everybody always complimented me on how well that microphone sounded, especially on my voice. But I get even more compliments now on the, on the way it sounds. And it wasn't about reaching for compliments, but it's just making sure whatever I'm buying, can it solve my right now problem? So we do less time on the post-processing of the podcast. We do less time on the exports and like having to fix the audio and all that extra other stuff that you don't see like in a YouTube video. You just get the better finished product. So you don't know, no matter if it's short or a long video or whatever. So that stuff increased and our efficiency, they would be increased because we don't have to worry about it. So that worked. So that's the, the first thing, like evaluate if the new gear is going to save me time or is it going to be a waste of money? I thought the same thing with the Rodecaster Pro. I'm like, this is going to be ridiculous. I can just stick with a USB microphone. I don't need all that stuff. But when you look into the future goals and I'm like two, three, four, five years down the line, would this still work for me? The answer is yes. Um, could it survive the ideas that I want to do? Not necessarily this year, but the next two to three years, the answer was yes. And it continues to do that with the updates and just continues to punch above the price tag. So that's something to, th to think about and consider when you're, you're picking uh, that specific area. But let's take a pause on this episode before we get into those last two points and making sure like that you're buying stuff in the right way instead of things that are going to waste your money. But let's get into those things right after this week's gear fix. This week's gear fix is brought to you by the DJI wireless microphones. You probably heard about them. You've probably seen them. But until you really try these in actions, it, it doesn't make sense for how freaking good these are. I'm amazed and I bought them unwillingly when I needed to use them out of town, but Sometimes the things that seem like they're hype are not. Uh, this one was the Bees Knees Hall of Fame. Why? Because simple things like you picking it up and it auto start recording or not needing any software in order for it to connect and work. Simple as it sounds, magnets. Magnets, ladies and gentlemen, magnets make things possible. And that made things so much easier recording and uh, doing all the traveling and stuff in Spokane, Washington. 32-bit float, you name it, this thing has it, and they're doing regular updates uh, for it. So I'm really enjoying it. I was a diehard Rode Wireless Go 2 user. You couldn't get me off the things, but uh, 
yeah, we're going to have to dedicate this week's gear fix to the DJI microphones. Was it the Bees Knees Hall of Fame? Absolutely. So that is what you're getting for this week's gear fix. Go to dyna.link forward slash gear fix to pick you up a pair. Let's continue on in this conversation about buying gear the right way. Here I am thinking about whether or not uh, it's going to make sense for me to buy a camera, another one. I'm thinking about whether it's going to make sense for me to invest in a new microphone. I'm thinking about like accessories and all hashtag all the things. When I'm going through the process of deciding if something's going to work, I'm like I said, the first thing, evaluate it, see if it makes sense. And, and if so, then it's like, okay, but do I really need it? Where does it fit? Like the second thing has to be, how does this solve my future goals? How large of a creative ceiling does this have? And it's easy to get caught up and find every reason in the book when you're thinking about how much you like something or what the ads are showing and what all the other similar creators that you follow or that you enjoy, what they're using it for. And so your imagination runs wild. Ask me how I know. But like I said, how does this solve my future goals? When you sit down and you vision cast, I like to do this at the end of the year, like the around by October, really when summertime comes. So like now moving into like summer months um, or right before we move into summer months, I'm thinking about how is this going to work for next year? What, what are next year's goals look like? How are we going to end the year? And what are some of the things that I want to do that next year and then the year following? So I'm not just thinking about that very next year. I'm thinking about the, the next two to three years to come and what fits into the vision, what needs to be uh, replaced in a big way, especially you're talking about big purchases. So how is this going to solve my future goals? Technically, I could continue to use all the same things and be perfectly happy with the what I'm doing. However, it's the micro inefficiencies that lead to macro problems over time that I look to solve for. So when I mentioned the whole thing about stabilization, what I'm thinking is how many times do I want to keep redoing it until I get something that's smooth enough or something that has the right motion that I want and knowing that when we put that into editing, it has enough, uh, it's wide enough so we can crop in and catalyst browse now where we need to or that there's nothing weird happening with the active stabilization. It's just a little bit more wonkier on the ZV-E10 than it is on the newer cameras like the FX30, the E1, and so on and so forth. And so because of that, I'm thinking like, okay, there's that. But I'm also thinking about things like firmware upgrades, which have been very controversial, especially for the Sony crew, because Sony, they have been slow. And, and I don't mean like slow, slow, like, oh man, it should have been out by now kind of a thing like impatience, but it, they really have with some of their higher end cameras. I'm not running into those problems, but buying a camera that's like $21, $2,200, getting that E1, it's like, what kind of future up, updates, upgrades would I expect to have in that camera that would continue to help solve for those future goals or make things that aren't that great, like the overheating in some of the higher end frame rates, like 4K 60, 4K 120 and the like, um, you know, make sure I'm not running into those problems. But for me, 
I don't run into that in the 4K24 settings. Nobody had any issues with that. That's what I record in. And any 4K60, 120 segments that I would record wouldn't be that long. I'm not recording all day, every day in that stuff. So that it wouldn't impact me currently. But I would want to see that up, updated and fixed in future versions moving forward. So I'm forecasting and I'm thinking proactively what makes sense to what I'm doing now and what makes sense for where I'm going. When I played basketball uh, in high school, the one thing, even like in middle school, the one thing that my coach would always say is to pass the ball to where the girl is going instead of to where she is at. So that means your feet, your speed needs to be keeping pace with the person across the court from you. And when you throw the ball to them, you're passing the ball. It should not be a vertical throw. It shouldn't be directly across from you because if so, it's behind that person. She has to stop her momentum. You got people chasing you. Like it's a bunch of things going on. So you throw to where that person is going, not to where they were. And it's the same thing with buying purchases. You're constantly moving forward in your content creation process. You're constantly getting better. And so don't throw the ball to where you're where you're at now. Don't only pick for where you're at now. Think about to where you're going, what visions and goals that you have. If half of your goals list was achieved way faster than you thought they ever would be, now where does that put you? Now where does the new goals that would fill up that sheet again? That's happened to me more times than I can count now, and I'm super grateful for it, but it kind of makes you think like that. I need to dream bigger. I need to think bigger. I need to envision something way bigger. And so can this thing survive uh, your goals and the what you're doing? Like I said, I shared some examples with my microphone, Rodecaster Pro, stuff like that. Accessories like a cage or a cam link, stuff like that, eh, not so much. Um, even like I talked about in the previous episode using the Loop Deck Live and how to just save like, oh my gosh, like, it's amazing. It's freaking amazing. And so using the Loop Deck Live, just go listen to the previous episode. I'm not going to gush about it. But something like that saves a lot of future goals uh, or it meets and, and matches and keeps up with future goals. Um, something that may not keep up with future goals, uh, like let's say you're buying and you have to buy based on price or something. So you're buying less than what you know you would need, but you're like, ah, oh, I'll be all right. Sometimes it's like that new thing that you want to buy, even though it may be more expensive, if it doesn't meet all the requirements, it has the potential to create more problems than it's going to solve. And then the third thing is invest in a system instead of spot buying gear. I talk about this in my brand new book, The One Right Video. You can also see it back there blurry if you're watching the video version uh, of this podcast. But when I am uh, going through this book and I'm telling you about the Alvis hierarchy uh, of buying gear, then... The one thing I'm suggesting to you is to buy based on a system instead of spot buying gear. So spot buying gear looks like you're watching a bunch of videos. You got all these ideas. And because maybe you don't know all the things of what you need, you're kind of just buying what people highly recommend. And because you see somebody else using it, you buy it, but you don't know if it's really going to work for you. And you don't know how this stuff is going to connect together. So you buy stuff that... Either you're overbuying and it's like, I see a lot of people do this with, uh, let's say the Rodecaster Pro 1 when that was the main thing before the two came out. You would see people buying a cloud lifter and a fet head 
and USB cables with an XLR microphone. And I'm like, what are you doing? And black, I don't know. <laughs> I've taken these consulting and coaching calls before. I've worked with my clients and I'm like, give me a list. The list of, of stuff that you have tells me if you bought, if you spot, 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 bought, I need to come up with a word, spot. <laughs> if you were spot buying things or if you bought a system, give me a list of all your audio gear. Give me a list of all your camera gear. What accessories and stuff do you have? What programs are you using? Like it's going to show me and expose to me what you're doing and where you're at. Because I'm going to easily be able to say, you don't need this, you don't need this, you don't need this, this is a duplicate, this is a duplicate, this is a duplicate. And you bought two different things, but it's like, which way are you going? And the person's like, I don't know, I just bought everything everybody said to get. That's a great way to waste your own money, your time, and spin your wheels and get frustrated. Buy a system of gear. Let me give you real quick the Alvis hierarchy of needs when it comes to uh, the gear and purchasing. Again, this is in my best-selling book, The One Right Video. We talk about you getting to know Al, old Uncle Al. Alvis, you, you'll hear people talk about video, lighting, and camera gear and the like, but the Alvis helps you, number one, remember the order that you should buy, and number two, it helps you to know how to buy based on a system number. No, I was about to say number A. <laughs> a is for audio. L is for lighting. A-L-V-A-S, Alvis. V is then you get to the video. A again is for accessory, accessories. And then S is going to be for your software. So if I know audio, again, this is the, the hierarchy. So audio is first, then lighting, and then your camera. And then the accessories that make sense for all the things that you need. And then the software that you're going to use to kind of bring it all together. So for what my system would look like would be the A for the audio. I'm using the Shure SM7B for any podcasts, um, live streaming, stuff like that. Setups. I don't have to change the setup for that. I do it all in the same space. So the podcasting setup is exactly the same as the live streaming setup. The difference is if you're seeing it live to drive or if I'm recording it like I'm doing for this episode and then we edit it and then we publish it later. So that's one. And then the lighting would be my lighting setup that I use, uh, which is the Viltrox, I believe it's the VL200 kits uh, that they have. And I've talked about all of these individual components in various videos on my YouTube channel. Uh, the main channel, if you're watching this on the podcast channel. And then so ALVAS, so the video, the camera that I use that never moves is the Sony a6400. The settings are always right. The look is always consistent. I don't have to worry about it. So I can tell the A lady to turn the light on or off or to turn the camera on or off. Everything's automated. I live by that set it and forget it lifestyle. And then so ALVAS. We have the AS, which would be your accessories. So things like your cam link, your cables, and all the other stuff in the in-between that hooks all that stuff together. And then S being the software that I use, which would be Ecamm Live. And so all of those components together um, make a dynamite system that allows me to create anything that I want from my YouTube shorts, from my podcast, to my live streams, to my regular YouTube videos, to interviews, to voiceovers, to screen recordings. There's not anything that I could throw at this system that it could not handle. 
that it could not do and that it's capable capable of doing. And it always works together. And I talked about accessories. So things like the Loop Deck Live, things like the Elgato Cam Link. You wouldn't uh, classify the Rodecaster Pro as something that is an accessory because it's audio based. So that should go in your audio category. And the microphone that I'm buying dictates that I need an audio interface. I could use something like the Vocaster 2 um, or I could use something like the Rodecaster Pro 2. And other accessories would be my CalDigit TS3 uh, that I use that kind of helps give me enough ports between my MacBook Pro. And so things like that. So Alvis, A-L-V-A-S gives me that hierarchy of gear buying when it comes to making sure that I'm buying stuff in the right order. And it makes sure that when I'm creating this stuff, I'm not going to waste my money. I can evaluate if I'm replacing the camera, the ports are still the same. So maybe again, I'm doing that rundown again. If I get the E1, let's say it had a full HDMI port instead of a micro HDMI port, or let's say it had a mini HDMI port or something else. Okay, well, all my cameras right now use a micro HDMI port. If I'm going down, the lighting doesn't need to change. The video is what we're changing. Um, Audio is fine. It's like accessories. It's like, ah, now here's an area I need to uh, invest or switch it up so to make sure the system makes sense. So I'm buying the camera. Okay, I'm like, great. My audio is great. My lighting's great. Switching the camera out. Cool. What does that now make me need to buy in this hierarchy of needs? Accessories? Yes. I would need to switch my micro HDMI cables to full-size HDMI cables. Already have those, good, great. Everything else can virtually stay the same. Maybe another accessory would be instead of buying more Sony FW50 batteries, I'm buying more Sony FZ100 batteries. So the ones that fit that camera, which I already have because I had the A6600. So I'm like, I don't need any more batteries. I already have some. So that works. And then like software, I don't need to change anything, but it may add something to the pot because I'm working with a, a new Sony camera that has AI technology. So I'm like, okay, where can this new software fit into my system? How can this help me save time? And so then I can filter through that process again. But that's how I go through and build out a, a creator kit um, at any time, and even if I'm traveling and I'm condensing that down really small, and I've done videos on like, if I'm just taking the ZV-1, nothing else, just a ZV-1 and maybe a mic wireless microphone set, what system would I need then for traveling? So you can do this with anything of what you're creating. If you're recording your own small events, it's the same process. And so making sure that you're, the system, the system has to work. That's what you have to make sure. Make sure the system works. So if you do those things, you're using that Alvis uh, hierarchy uh, of buying, then that will help you not waste money. Rightly evaluate your stuff. <laughs> you don't have to just falsely justify something. If you want something, get it. Just don't lie to yourself about like why you want it or, or use it or what. It's like, no, I wanted it. I'm fine with what, I, what I'm using. I don't have to get something else. I wanted it. Um, and it would solve some of my 10% issues, not the 90% issues kind of a thing. But hopefully uh, when you look at your equipment moving forward, as all of this new stuff comes out, a lot of this stuff is super fun, amazing. And it just like, oh man, this opens up so many new doors. When you think about the stuff that you're buying, it's like, how is this going to best serve me instead of creating more problems? 
that's where I'm going to leave it for this week's episode. If you got value out of it, make sure you leave a rating or a review if you haven't done so. If you're already listening to this in the Apple Podcast Player, all you got to do is scroll down, hit those five stars, and then leave a quick review. You can even hit the little bubble that says microphone or has a microphone icon to speak and say what you want and then hit the review and do it even faster. Bet you didn't know that. But it's a love to end all of my episodes. The winds of life blows on us all, but it is how you set your sails. With that, guys, a little bit of passion. I'll see you on the next episode of the Video Simplified Podcast. Take care. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, but the value doesn't stop there. For more in-depth trainings, courses, and growing your brand using video, join the Video Simplified community at videosimplified.live.